Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Who loves stories? Who loves a good story? Well, we're going to have a story today. One of Jesus' stories, John chapter 9. And I love this story because it is so powerful, so profound, and there's a bit of humour in it as well. Okay, John 9, starting at verse 1, in the Passion Version. Afterward, as Jesus walked down the street, he noticed a man blind from birth. Jesus saw him and noticed him. A lot of people walked past him. He would have been begging because that was the only way they'd survive. There was no social security or, or Centrelink. He would be begging for some food or some money to survive. And uh, it goes on and says he was, he was blind from birth, so he'd never, ever seen. That's just hard to imagine. You've never, ever seen in all of your life. All the things we take for granted. He'd never seen a person's face. He'd heard the sounds of the crowds, but he'd never, ever seen. And Jesus noticed him. Let me tell you, he notices you when you think he's walked by. He's noticing you today. His disciples asked him, Teacher, whose sin caused this guy's blindness? His own or the sin of his parents? I love Jesus' reply, neither. Because in those days, they thought blindness was a curse and it was someone's fault. That's, that was what most of society believed. It happened to him so that you could watch him experience God's miracle. Wow, what a whole different perspective on life. When you start to get Jesus' perspective on your life, everything changes. While I am with you, it's daytime, and we must do the works of God who sent me while the light shines. For there is coming a dark night when no one will be able to work. As long as I am with you, my life is the light that pierces the world's darkness. Wow, there's some dark places in our world. There's some dark places in some of our hearts and minds. There's dark places of suffering and abuse and pain. There's dark places of poverty and rejection and brokenness and fear. But it says his light pierces the world's darkness. And today, the light of Jesus come to pierce into some of the challenges of our lives and our community. Then Jesus spat on the ground. Whoa. Spat on the ground. Was that out of disgust, anger, frustration, annoyance? No, he spat on the ground and made some clay with his saliva. Well, Jesus had some interesting healing methods. So if you see... Marilyn and I come with a bowl of dust and one morning for the healing line. We'll see how many will come for prayer that day. (laughs) Jesus was out there. He really was. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the clay, spit and dirt, rubbed it all over his face. And he said to the blind man, now go and wash the clay from your eyes in the ritual pool of Siloam. And that word Siloam, one of the meanings of it is a sent one or an apostolic one. So he went and was healed by the apostolic Jesus. So he went, he would have to have someone lead him because remember he's still blind and now he's got mud all over him as well. If he wasn't embarrassed before... He's now covered in mud. 
Remember, he's a growing man, not a kid playing in the mud. So he went and washed his face, and as he came back, so the indication is it may not even got healed when he just washed, but as he came back, he could see for the first time in his life. Oh, I love this story. This caused quite a stir among the people of the neighborhood. You can imagine so. For they noticed the blind beggar was now seeing. Wow, this would have caused such a stir in the whole community and town for the first time in his life. They began to say to one another, isn't this the blind man who once sat and begged? Some said, no, it can't be him. Others said, but it looks just like him. It has to be him. All the while, the man kept insisting, I am the man who was blind. Finally, I asked him, what has happened to you? He replied, I met the man named Jesus. He rubbed clay on my eyes and said, go to the pool named Siloam and wash. So I went and while I was washing the clay from my eyes, I began to see for the very first time ever. Wow, wow, wow. So he's now telling his story and some of them aren't believing him. So the people of the neighborhood inquired, where is this man? I have no idea, the man replied. So the people marched him over to the Pharisees to speak with them. That wasn't a good move, but this is the story. So he's seeing all these people's faces for the first time. They were concerned because the miracle Jesus performed by making clay with his saliva and anointing the man's eyes happened on a Sabbath day, a day that no one was allowed to work. How disastrous is religion that they were more upset that Jesus supposedly did some work and set a guy free so a miracle was considered work. He was setting people free. Some of us have been victims of religion that has just so damaged our lives and our families but Jesus isn't about religion he's about life and truth he's about freedom and release over our hearts and our souls and our households and our community and so we see this incredible encounter that's happening and uh, so he goes over there then the Pharisees asked him and how did you have your sight restored he replied a man anointed my eyes with clay then I washed and now I can see for the first time in my life his story wasn't complicated just like when we te- testify and tell our story about Jesus, it doesn't have to be complicated, it just has to be real and truthful. And it grabs people's attention. Then an argument broke out among the Pharisees over the healing of the blind man on the Sabbath. This guy's just shaking his head saying, what on earth's going on here? I'm just so excited I can see. Aren't you happy for me? Some said, this man who performed this healing is clearly not from God. He doesn't even observe the Sabbath. Others said, if Jesus is just an ordinary sinner, how could he perform a miracle like that? This prompted them to turn on the man instead of heal the blindness. And now the poor guy's being harassed and the victim. He's lived a victim all his life and now he's been harassed and he can see. Putting him on the spot in front of them all, demanding an answer. They asked, who do you say he is, this man who opened your blind eyes? He's a prophet of God. The man replied, still refusing to believe that the man had been healed and was truly blind from birth, the Jewish leaders called for the man's parents to be brought to them. This poor guy, just imagine what he's going through. Now they've got to get the parents in because they don't believe his story. And they've all walked past him for years. 
So they asked his parents, is this your son? Yes, they answered. Was he really born blind? Yes, he was, they replied. So they pressed his parents to answer. Then how is it that he's now seeing? We have no idea, they answered. (laughs) They're just excited he can see. (laughs) We don't know what happened to our son. Ask him, he's a mature adult. He can speak for himself. Now the parents were obviously intimidated by the Jewish religious leaders for they had already announced to the people that if anyone public confessed Jesus the Messiah, they would be excommunicated from the temple and their social network. How crazy can that be? Excommunication, I've heard of that happening in religious circles sometimes. Wow. That's why they told them, ask him. He's a mature ally. He can speak for himself. So once again, they summoned the man who was healed of blindness and said to him, swear to God to tell us the truth. We know the man who healed you is a sinful man. Do you agree? Now this guy's on trial, trying to judge Jesus' character, who he's never seen before. He's just excited about being healed. They're trying to rob his joy. The healed man replied, I have no idea what kind of man he is. All I know is that I was blind and now I can see for the first time in my life. He's, he's so excited. It's about the third time they've asked him. He should have just recorded the first one, just hit play, replay button, you know. <coughs> but what did he do to you, they asked. How did he heal you? The man responded, I told you once and you didn't listen to me. Why do you make me repeat it? Are you wanting to be his followers too? I love this story. (laughs) So he's in their face now saying, stop hassling me. This is your problem, not mine. My problem's been healed by Jesus. (laughs) This angered the Jewish leaders. They heaped insults on him. We're the followers of Moses. For we know that God spoke, spoke to Moses directly. But as for this one, we don't know where he's come from. Well, what a surprise this is, the man said. You don't even know where he comes from. But he healed my eyes and now I can see. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but only to godly people who do his will. Yet who has ever heard of a man born blind that was healed and given back his eyesight? I tell you, if this man isn't from God, he wouldn't be able to heal me like like he has. Some of the Jewish leaders were enraged and said, just who do you think you are to lecture us? (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. He's encountered Jesus an hour or two before and now he's telling them off. That have studied the Bible all their life but missed Jesus in the process. They lived out of head knowledge and not heart encounter. That's the difference. So they threw the man out in the street. The poor guy lived on the street all his life and now he's been thrown out in the street again. But now he can see where he's walking. I just think, God, did this really happen? Yes, it did. This would make a good movie, wouldn't it? It's like a really good movie. He's thrown out in the street. They said, you're a blind, filthy sinner. When Jesus learned they'd thrown him out, he went to find him and said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? The man whose blind eyes were healed answered, who is he, Master? Tell me so that I can place all my faith in him. Wow. Jesus replied, you're looking right at him. He's speaking with you it's me the one in front of you wow and here he is now seeing Jesus who he really is 
Because remember, he was blind when Jesus first spoke to him and put the clay on his eyes. And now he's seeing Jesus with eyes wide open. And that's how Jesus wants us to see him. Eyes wide open with understanding and revelation in our hearts. Then the man threw himself at his feet and worshipped Jesus and said, Lord, I believe in you. And Jesus said, I've come to judge those who think they see and make them blind. And for those who are blind, I've come to make them see. Some of the Pharisees were standing nearby and overheard these words. They interrupted Jesus and said, you mean to tell us that we're blind? Jesus told them, if you would acknowledge your blindness, then your sin would be removed. But now that you claim to see, your sin remains with you. Thus endeth the story. What an incredible, incredible day and story. I've heard modern stories like that, where God's healed people and people say, no, it can't be. It's impossible. The human mind refuses to accept the power of Jesus. But your spirit will reach out and respond and accept. And that's the difference. So in verse 6, we see an amazing picture of Jesus mingling spit and clay And I believe this is a picture of Jesus Christ, who is God and man. The saliva comes from the mouth, the spoken word, the incarnate God himself. The clay is always a picture of man, for we were made from clay. God formed us from clay and then breathed into us the breath of life. We are human vessels, jars of clay, the Apostle Paul said. So we got the divine and the natural together and then we have healing and wholeness. And you can see for your life. No doubt the blind man had heard people spit as they walked by him as a sign of disgust. He would have had that happen. People would have walked back past and probably spat on him. Said you blind beggar because they thought that people were cursed. So therefore they thought he was wicked. Or his family was wicked. And now... Jesus spits and makes healing clay for his eyes. The very, sometimes God will use things that are familiar, but they're totally different. Because when Jesus touches it, everything gets changed. Everything gets totally changed. For in that day, they believed blindness was caused by a curse. But this day, he heard Jesus spit on the ground, it was for his healing. In verse 7, we see Jesus is teaching on the light of the world and mankind being in the dark this miracle of giving sight to the blind man is a powerful proof of Jesus words Jesus Christ in his birth became a man of clay when he applies this clay over our lives and we wash in the water of the word our spiritual sight is restored how beautiful is that Luke 4 18 and 19 when Jesus started his public ministry it says the spirit of the Lord is upon me He's anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind. To preach to prisoners, you are set free. I've come to share the message of Jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has come. One of the versions says he's come to bring recovery of sight to the blind. And before we meet Jesus, we are all spiritually blind because we just don't know the truth of who Jesus is. We don't understand how he's come to this world to save us from our sin, to take our place with the punishment of God and then to give us an abundant life. 
that is full and powerful and gives us strength to face every situation. That's the anointing that's on Christ. And Jesus sent out the 12 and then the 72 and they were praying for people and they were getting healed. I'm sure some blind eyes would have got healed through their prayers of faith and the power of that in their lives. Matthew 15, 14 says, Stay away from them. He's talking about the, the religious people who didn't have a revelation. They're nothing more than blind guides. Do you know what happens when a blind man pretends to guide another blind man? They both stumble into a ditch. And that's what happens. You follow someone who tells you they know where they're going, but they don't, you both end up lost. You both end up down tracks. And some of us have ended up down um, spiritual pathways. We've down, ended up down phil philosophy pathways because we followed someone who said they knew the truth, but they didn't. And we need to follow people who are led by the Spirit of God that have encountered Jesus and we can live and walk in the freedom that Jesus Christ brings to our hearts and our lives. It's so easy to have blind spots in our lives. You ever had people say, well, you just got a blind spot. You just can't see how that person's manipulating your life. We've got blind spots where we're, we trust people that we shouldn't be trusting and we don't trust people that we should be trusting because there's been damage, <clears throat> there's been shame and sin and rejection in our life. So sometimes we miss out on what God has for us or we end up following people that we shouldn't be running after. And yet the Spirit of God, when He comes, He will bring revelation to our eyes so we will see the truth and we'll see the way and then people who follow us to Jesus will encounter Him and not be led astray. Oh God, help us. The Holy Spirit has come to show you. And maybe you say, well, I just, keep, I just keep stumbling in this area of my life. Sometimes God will bring a trusted leader or pastor or a friend, an accountable feedback person, so that they can help you. But the amazing thing is when we're blind here, we often push away the very people God sends to help us. We ever done that before? God sends someone to help us work through an area of our soul. And we keep pushing away because we think, no, 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 that's too painful to deal with. The unbearable feelings we push away. But God sends people who will love us and keep us accountable so that we can get changed and get sight where we have been blind. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. The devil's out to blind people's eyes so they can't see. For many of us, when people told us about Jesus, we, didn't, we just didn't get it. We, we couldn't understand it. Because the enemy will blind our eyes if he can. You just don't see the truth. You don't see our need of a saviour. I've talked with many people who say, I'm a good person. They cannot see that they need a saviour to forgive their inherent sin in their lives. Other people are desperately broken and need, know they need help but sometimes they don't know that Jesus is the one they need to call out to for help. So they try every other pathway, every other thing. That's where addictions and strongholds come because we run after things to help ease our pain, not knowing that Jesus is the answer. And that we, God wants to bring revelation to our hearts and our eyes. 1 John 2.11 says, But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walk, walks around in darkness. They do not know where they're going because the darkness has blinded them. Wow. We can get blinded. If you've got a spotlight right in front of you, you're temporarily blinded. 
But if you're in darkness, you can't see anything. I remember going, I was in Mount Isa many years ago preaching, and I had the privilege to go right down to the bottom of the Mount Isa mine. You can't go down anymore because of workplace health and safety, but we jumped in a Jeep, got all rigged up with helmets, and I think I've got a photo somewhere, I have to find it. And so we went right down two kilometres underground, and it was 50 degrees, it was really hot, and they had all these... 25 years ago, they had trucks going through those mines without anyone driving them. They had driverless trucks with computers running them 25 years ago in Mount Isa mines. We think that's a new thing. No, it started more than 25 years ago. So these big trucks would go roaring past, and then they turned all the lights off, and it was just so dark, you could not see a thing. And it's really scary, because you put your hand in front, and you can't even see any shadows. Total darkness. I thought, wow, this is really scary. Thankfully, it only did it for... 20 or 30 seconds, and as soon as it goes dark, your hearing gets really acute. You start to, all your other senses come into action. I thought, wow, how sad for someone to stumble through life without any physical eyesight. But it's as sad or sadder for people to stumble through life with spiritual blindness and, and bang into things all their life and wonder why is life so unfair and we become victims, we become broken because we just don't see the real issues of why we're on earth and why our spirits are meant to encounter God and to live in freedom. Psalm 146.8 says, You open the eyes of the blind and you fully restore those bent over with shame. You love those who love and honour you. I love that. So Jesus heals our physical eyes and also our spiritual eyes. Luke 7.21 says, Without answering... Jesus turned to the crowd and healed many of their incurable diseases. His miracle power freed many from their suffering. He restored the gift of sight to the blind and he drove out demonic spirits from those who were tormented. Back to this story for a moment. The blind man who got healed moved in step-by-step revelation of who Jesus was. When he was first asked, he just said a man. Didn't know who he was. Then, next time he was asked, he said he's, he's a prophet. Verse 27, it says, one who might be followed by disciples. By verse 33, he said, he's one sent from God. And by verse 38, he says, he's one who is properly to be worshipped and believed in. Five steps in his journey in this story of encountering who Jesus really was. And many of us go on stages in our journey of discovering who Jesus is. Maybe today you're still at stage one saying, I'm not sure who Jesus really is. That's okay. You're on the journey. You're in church today, so you're discovering, having an opportunity to discover who he is. In a moment, we'll um, offer to pray for people who want to come and encounter Jesus for the first time. Many of us have encountered Jesus, but we're still working out how much we're going to trust him. Is he going to be Lord of our life? Is he just a good prophet and a teacher? Or is he really Lord of our lives? Is he one we can trust fully? Is he one that we call upon first, not the last option, but the first option when we need help in our lives or our families or our finances? And so we move step by step in our revelation to trust him and we see him for who he really is. And our lives are transformed in the process. I think how awesome is our God? I love these stories because they reveal not just the physical, but they reveal a whole journey that is happening in our lives. Second Peter 1.8 says, For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, 
They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never, ever stumble. Wow, wow, wow. Nearsighted and blind. Some people physically are nearsighted, so you need glasses. You ever lost your glasses? Someone says, here, use mine. <laughs> it's next to useless. Because <laughs> they might be nearsighted alongside, and you try to read the menu at the restaurant, forget it. You know? I don't know why they always turn the lights down at restaurants, because you can't read the menus. Anyone ever had that problem? Especially if you get your glasses. I wear reading glasses, but thankfully I don't have to use them yet for normal uh, life. And uh, I just print the words a bit bigger on the pages, that's all. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Some of you do the same. <laughs> and thank God we've got glasses and optometrists and people, things that can help us in the natural. But hey, spiritually, so many people are nearsighted. And when you forget, the Bible says there, when you forget how awesome is your salvation, it says you've, you've become nearsighted because you're looking just at the immediate issue. Oh God, you've forgotten me. And instead of having the long view where, hey, remember he saved you and he's walking with you, so he's going to help you every day. And he goes on and says, some of you have even become blind because you've, you've closed off and you can't see or remember anymore of how awesome Jesus is for your life. Wow. You're nearsighted and blind. I've got one more scripture. I've got my sunglasses in my bag there. Can you get them out? Because I forgot to grab them out. They're not my good sunglasses. They're actually... No, they're in, the, in, the, in there somewhere. They'll be in my bag. And uh, here they are. These are not my good sunglasses. They my, were my good ones, and when I got hit by a car on a boat, a bike four years ago, they hit, I landed on the deck, and it scarred them all, and uh, they've got uh, terrible uh, uh, scratches on them. So these are my mowing glasses now. If I try to wear them and, and drive with them, I can hardly see anything. But they're still okay for mowing around the yard in case I don't want to get my eyes taken out. But I, there's a whole lot of people do life with dark sunglasses on when it comes to the truth of Jesus Christ. Because if we really believe what Jesus said, we'd live different lives. He says, you're a new creation, the old's gone, the new's come. How come we live so much in the past? He says, I've come to be your friend and you can trust me with every every life. Why, why do we struggle with trust? If we really believed, we would not have dark, scratched sunglasses on, we would have clear sight with our spirit and our soul. And I get challenged every now and then. When I put these on, I think, boy, they're really smudged and they're scratched. But I'll still mow with them because it's bright and sunny and I can still see enough to do the grass and protect my eyes. But I don't wear them any other time because I'll stumble around. I used them when I was driving, I'll probably run into something. And yet so many of us live life without the clear revelation of who Jesus is where our trust is just totally connected every day to Him. 
as the worship team comes. I just want to read the last verse. I want you to think about what sort of glasses you wear. I heard the story of new neighbours moved next door to this family who were very self-conscious about their appearance and their house was just perfect. But these new neighbours came in and they weren't the most organised, cleanest family. And this lady in the house next door who liked everything spotless, she kept looking out the window and said, look how dirty their windows are and their blinds, there's just dirt all over them. Why don't they clean it up and make it nice and clean like our house? And then some friends came over and she says, look at the neighbours over there, they, their house is just dirty. And the, neighbors, the, the friend says, no, it's not, it looks great. And all of a sudden she realised the lady was looking through glasses that had dirty glass with spots on and so she thought their house was dirty but it was her glasses. How true that we sometimes look at other people through our blind spots of judgement or rejection or fear and we, we see other people not as Jesus sees them but as our broken vision sees them. And Jesus come to set us free. Ephesians 1, 17. I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of spirit, of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. To know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination or understanding. Flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of His calling, that is, the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that He finds in us, His holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.